Good to see everybody today. Turn to your, in your Bible to Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one. And we're going to continue talking about today, finding the father's favor. And as we begin, let me just give a little disclaimer this morning. Again, I'm, I'm spiritually full. I'm, I'm spiritually, uh, uh, you know, in tune, I believe with what God is saying, but physically I'm not altogether hitting on all eight cylinders. So if you hear a cough or a sputter during the message, you just lift your hand and say, bless him, Jesus. Uh, and, uh, my wife's going to make sure I've got a little water. And if my, my, my mic is messing up a little bit, I may have to change that out here in a moment. Uh, if it keeps crackling. So we're, we're coming against a few things, but if, I think today, in fact, let me just do that right now. Beverly, bring me that microphone. And I'll turn this one off. Or you just mute me out, turn me off. Amen. Hallelujah. And now turn that one way down. How many of you know God wants to favor you? He really does. In fact, as we're going to learn today, God favors all of his children. But when we look at the life of Mary in Luke chapter 1 and 2, we realize that she was what? She was highly favored. Our keynote verses are Luke chapter 1 and 2, and then Psalms 102 verse 13. Psalm 102 verse 13 says, You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. How many of you know we are Zion? And God wants to favor us. He really does. He wants to bless us. He wants to show us his mercy and grace. And and even as Mary... Help us move to a place where we find the Father's favor. Look in Luke chapter 1 this morning, and let's read just a portion of this wonderful story of the, of the uh, advent of our Lord through Mary, the mother of Jesus. It says in verse 26, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, okay, see, I just wanted you to be plugged in. I may stop and you got to fill in the blanks. Being betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Everyone say highly favored. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Everyone say, found favor. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Everyone say with God. Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it, be to, let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. May the life of Mary in this word bring forth 
uh, revelation in our heart to be able to tap into the favor of God in our lives as well. And everyone said, amen. You know, we think of Mary and we think about the, you know, just she's the mother of our Lord and what a great story and how God chose a little teenage girl, some say, uh, to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as you look closer at Mary, you and I will discover there was some reason behind the favor of God in her life. Look, she was highly favored. Everyone say highly favored. She found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It was, and, and, and from that, I came up with this thought, and I want you to understand it as well. It's kind of the big idea of this series that we're talking about. It is this. The favor of the Father is never random. God just doesn't randomly favor his kids. Now, all of us, catch this, all of us, have as children have found favor with God because how many of you know for by grace you're saved through faith and that's not of yourselves it's a gift of God not by works lest any man should boast in other words we all have been graced and favored by God we didn't earn it we didn't work for it but notice something about Mary she was highly favored could I suggest to you today that there are different degrees and different levels of the favor of God in our life I really believe that's the case. And I really believe if we can look at the life of Mary and, and, and look at the condition of her heart, because we learned last Sunday that really what, what stirs God to favor us is what is, is our heart condition. And Mary had a heart condition, if you will, that caused God to be so inclined to favor her above all the other women uh, that were in the world in that day. He looked at her heart, and we realized we got the illustration from, from the anointing on David's life. You remember when David was anointed? He's the little shepherd boy, and, the, and, and, and God spoke to Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and anoint one of his sons. Uh, you'll anoint the, king, the next king of Israel. And so he goes and all the sons came except David because he was just a little ruddy face, uh, you know, teenage kid at the time. And, and all the sons were brought and, and God said, no, that's not him. That's not him. And what did God say? Man looks on the outward, but God looks on the, <coughs> he looks on the heart. And when he saw David, he looked at his heart. In fact, it says in Acts about David that God found David because he was a man after God's own heart who would do all his will. And so, how many of you realize that it's what's going on on the inside that will cause us to move into the favor of God for our life? And so that's the context of this series. And last Sunday, we talked about Mary's heart condition. The first one was this. We talked about the fact that Mary uh, had a, a, a hearing heart. She was in tune with the things of God in her life. It's interesting to me that when the angel Gabriel came to Zacharias in the chapter, that same chapter, just that was John the Baptist's dad, that that the fear of God came upon Zacharias and he fell down and Zacharias doubted what the angel was saying. Uh, but that same angel Gabriel came to Mary and she did not fear her interaction with the angel. The only thing that overwhelmed her was what he said. It reveals to me that Mary was in tune with the flow of God in her life. When you're talking to angel Gabriel without any real concern, uh, 
there's, there's a level of spirituality that probably you and I have not arrived at. Could I get a witness this morning? In fact, this week, I learned something from Dr. David Shibley that you saw on the screen just a few moments ago Doc, as we were talking about this. He said, Do you real, did you know that Mary's song, which is in uh, the, the same chapter there after Mary goes to Elizabeth and, and they have their interaction, Mary bursts out into song. We'll look at it a little bit later. He said, did you know there's at least five references in Scripture in her song? In her short song, which is just a few verses long, maybe ten verses, she references five and maybe more, if you really look at it, five and maybe even six scriptural Old Testament and uh, references in her song. What does that tell you about Mary? She was a word girl. Everybody say Mary was a woman of the word. And the fact that Mary was a woman of the word caused her to be able to hear God's word in her life. You see, there's two words in the, in, in scripture that talk about the word of God. One is the, is the logos of God. That's the written word. The other one is the rhema of God. That's the spoken word of God. And we know that the spoken word of God will never contradict the rhema word of God. And here, here, here's last week, all in, in, in one little thought. Mary was so in tune with the word of God and the will of God for her life that God was able to favor her. She had a hearing heart. Everyone say a hearing heart. What a, what an interesting insight. And so for us, we can posture ourselves as well as to be women and men of the word of God and to be able to sensitize ourselves to the things of God and the word of God in our life and have a hearing heart. Everyone say a hearing heart. Number two this morning, and I want to move to another level of Mary's heart condition. I want you to see another aspect of what it was about Mary that caused God to be able to favor her. Not only did she have a hearing heart, but number two this morning, I want to talk to you about Mary's humble heart. Mary had a humble heart. You say, how do you know Mary was humble? Well, the fact that she feared his declaration, the angel's declaration, reveals the inner recesses of her heart. She didn't fear the angel, but she feared this great declaration of her greatness. Now, why would she do that? Because, hey, she's a woman of the word, right? And when you study the Old Testament and even now the New Testament, you and I will discover that there's great warning to those who do not humble themselves before God. And there's also many teachings in the Old Testament that show the blessing of those who have a humble heart. And Mary was so in tune with the word that she did not, she knew she's got to stay humble before God for the favor of God to be upon her life. And so she feared this great word. You're going to be, uh, you're highly favored above all women. And she feared the saying. And the angel said, fear not. In other words, embrace this because this is the will of God for your life. And so Mary had a humble heart. You know, I think about that instance when she's great with child and they go to Bethlehem and there's no room for them in the inn. What did Mary do? Nothing. She could have she played I'm the mother of the son of God card 
Hey, I need the presidential suite. Not Mary. Even when the angels start blowing their trumpets and the shepherds come and, and, and all of the fanfare of Luke chapter 2 comes and, and, and everybody's excited about the Son of God being born. What does it say about Mary? She kept those things and pondered them in her heart. Mary had a lifestyle of humility. She understood something about the favor of God and the blessing of God in her life. She never flaunted the favor of God. In the glory moment in Luke chapter 2, she just pondered them in her heart. She didn't, she didn't uh, 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 in any way exhibit pride or arrogance. She stayed humble before God. And if you and I are going to be blessed and walk in the favor of God, we've got to learn from Mary. Let me give you some truths about humility. Hey, write these down. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you four thoughts about humility, and then I'm going to give you four things you and I can do to develop humility in our life, okay? From Luke chapter 1 and other passages of Scripture, let me give you these thoughts here. Uh, Number one, here it is, a few thoughts about humility. Uh, Number one, humility is not the fruit of the Spirit, or the gifts of the Spirit, it's the character of Christ. In other words, humility is not endowed. It is developed. Are you with me? Everybody with me, say amen. In other words, the responsibility for humility uh, is, uh, is upon us. And you see many passages of Scripture uh, when men and women of God, they humbled themselves before God. And we'll look at some Scriptures. But you and I need to understand that, that if we're going to be humble before God, it's not the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And one day we wake up, hey, I'm humble. It's a lifestyle of following after the Lord Jesus Christ and modeling our life after Him because it's the character of Christ. Philippians 2 you can write that down. Philippians 2 talks about the humility of Jesus, that he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And what does it say? That we as well ought to have this same mind in us. That we should have that same attitude of humility and yield ourselves to the will and the way of God. It's not endowed, but it is developed. And you and I can begin today developing a heart of humility. You know, years ago, and, and you know what? I have in no way arrived into God's perf- perfection for my life. Beverly, say amen. I'm still very human. But as a young man, I remember going into full-time ministry. And I had a strong self-confidence about who I was. I'd made some good money as a young man uh, before I went into full-time ministry. And in fact, I didn't, you know, I, I, you know, it's kind of like what Dave Ramsey says. Better, you know, they say, "How are you doing, Dave? Better than I deserve." And I kind of felt that way, but inside I had a strong self-confidence. And you know what happened over a course of time? It got a little out of bounds. And one day I was meditating and I was thinking, and, and, and I don't know how it all came about, but I was thinking about the fact, you know, you know, whatever I put my mind to do, I can do it. And it got out of bounds. And I remember one day while I was thinking that the Spirit of God came upon me and He spoke to me and He said, You can't breathe without me. Everyone say, You can't breathe without me. I mean, that was just the word of the Lord. You can't breathe without me. You know the next thing I did? I said, you know the next thing I did? I went, thank you, Jesus. 
And I realized that there's some development needed to take place in my heart. How many of you are with me this morning? Say amen. So remember that. It's not a fruit. It's not, so, uh, it's not a fruit of the Spirit that just kind of grows as we grow. It, it is a conscious development on our part. It's the character of Christ. Here, number two, here's another truth. It's always better to humble yourself than to be humbled. How many of you learned that lesson? Because understand something about Scripture. Matthew 23, verse 12, Jesus said this, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The end result of both were the same. Humility, humbled. But how many of you know it's better to humble yourself and be exalted than to be exalted and then be humbled by God? And so it's always better. Tell somebody it's always better to humble yourself. I don't know about you, but I've been humbled a few times. Am I the only one? You realize, oops, man. And so just keep that in mind. And number three, it's better to bow now than bow later. Because all of humanity will one day bow before God Almighty. Philippians chapter 2, I made reference to it earlier. It says this, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It says from those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. Every knee will bow. Everyone say every knee will bow. People who, who choose not to follow God in this life will one day have to bow before him and confess him as the Lord of lords. Every knee will bow. It's always better to bow now because you and I will bow later as well. And then number four. The heart of humility is always the predecessor to the favor of God. This is like a law, a spiritual law. As I study this, it's, it's like a law written down. Matthew 23 that I read, verse 12, whoever humbles himself, everyone say whoever. Now, who is whoever? It's Whoever. How many of you know that's a blanket? Whoever. You don't have to, you don't have to be of a particular uh, belief. Persuade. This is a law. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. It's the predecessor to the favor of God in your life. In other words, if you want to move to another level of the favor of God in your life, if we want to move to another level of the favor of God in our life, we're going to have to move to another level of humility in our hearts. Amen? I had a feeling this was going to be a quiet Sunday. It's just Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. It's a law. Before the honor comes, humility has to come. Proverbs 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. How many would like riches and honor and life? Let me just say for all you good charismatics, it doesn't come by confessing it only. It comes by living a humble life before God, developing a humble heart. 
by, by humility comes riches, <coughs> pardon me, honor and life. First Peter chapter five. How many of you know Peter had a problem with humility in his early years? I'll never deny you. Hey, I'm, I'm here. We're buds. Give me five. I'll never do that. How many of you know you never say never sometimes? But God knew his heart. And what did God, what did Jesus say? He said, hey, listen, I know your heart. And before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. I know what's on the inside. How many of you know he already knows what's on the inside of us? But first Peter, he learned his lesson. And if you want to turn over there, after a life of, 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 of making some serious mistakes, and let me just say, just because he made mistakes, God didn't throw him away. He humbled him. How many of you know when the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly? Bitterly is a word that is, describes an uncontrollable, guttural weeping. Peter found himself humbled by God. And as he grew in the spirit and as he began to mature and as he began to humble himself, he says this in verse 5 of chapter 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yea, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud. He felt that in his life. But he gives grace to the humble. Everyone say he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He said, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Everyone say due time. What did Psalm 103 or 102 say? It says there's a set time for the favor of God. And so understand something that, that humility it always pre precedes the, fi the finding of God's favor in your life. It's a spiritual law. Here we go. Let's look at them again. Humility is not simply a fruit or a gift of the Spirit. It's the character of Christ that must be developed on the inside of us. Number two, it's always better to humble yourself than to be humbled by God uh, without your, your desire for him to do so. He can do that. And also, it's better to bow now than to have to bow later. And finally, the predecessor, humility is always the predecessor to finding the favor of God in your life or moving to another level of the favor. Now, when you think about Mary, she just didn't have... A humble moment. You know, I think all of us have prideful moments and we have humble moments where we, oh, we, we're convicted and we bow before the Lord and we humble ourselves, but then find ourselves struggling again, maybe with some, some, uh, as I did in my early years and, and probably would, cont will continue to do to some level. Uh, you know, we find struggles in our life. We all have humble moments. Mary was not just having a humble moment in Luke chapter one. Mary had developed a lifestyle of humility. Everyone say lifestyle. She had developed a lifestyle of humility. 
And that's where God is looking for us and, uh, to, to, to be able to work within our life and to develop within us. And let me just ask you today, in 2013, let's just think, because we're, we're posturing ourselves for the new year. In 2013, uh, listen, I believe it's the set time for God to favor you. I believe God wants to favor our church. I believe he wants to favor me. I believe he wants to favor my family. I believe he wants to favor us as a ministry. He wants to favor us, not just with... Most most of us, when we think of finances, we think of favor. But how many of you know there's, there's some favor that goes way beyond dollars and nickels and numbers and nickels? His presence in our life. In fact, remember Mary. She was so close to God that the angel, you know what he saw in her? He said, whoa, the Lord is with you. Angel saw the presence of God in her life. And the more, and the closer we draw to Him and humble ourselves before Him and we develop a lifestyle of humility, the greater capacity God has to favor us in the coming days. How many of you want to position yourself in a place of finding that favor? Let me give you four thoughts this morning, very simple thoughts from some of these scriptures that I've read to you today to develop a true heart of humility. And it's a process. Everyone say it's a process. You know, you just don't, you just, how many of you know humility is not just something you say, it's something you do. In fact, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's the condition of our heart. So let me give you four things that you and I can begin to do. And I'm sure there are other things that you can add into this. But if you'll just take these four thoughts this morning and begin to apply them in your life and they become lifestyle choices and you begin to develop a lifestyle with these four thoughts, guess what, my friend? You will begin to find yourself at a new level of humility with God. Let me just stop and say before I give you these, some people think humility is, is self-abasement where we just, you know, we just talk bad about ourselves. And you ever heard anybody that's kind of what we call false humility? You say, man, boy, that was great. You did great. And somebody compliments you in some area and, and you just say, well, brother, it wasn't me. It was just the Lord. You ever heard that? That might be true, but, you know, Sometimes we tend to think that just those kind of, th that, that's evidence of our humility. It, you know, I think a lot of times the evidence of our humility is when, when people begin to recognize the greatness of God and the favor of God in our life. We just smile and ponder these things in our heart. And we don't wear our humble button. You know, if you ever wear the humble button, then you need to start over. Because the day you pin it on is the day you messed up, Right? So four thoughts. Here we go. The first one is this. If you want to develop a lifestyle of humility and a heart of humility, number one, pray for God to search your heart. If we develop a lifestyle of prayer that would say, God, as David prayed in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. If we would always yield our hearts to the spotlight of God and allow him to show us our hearts, in fact, what does it say in 2 Chronicles 7, 14? God makes a bold declaration. He said, if my people, that's us, who are called by my name, that's us, will humble themselves and what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You see, when you humble yourself in prayer and you begin to seek God, the searchlight of God goes on in your heart. And you humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and 
turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land. He'll favor us. So if you want to develop a lifestyle of humility, always lay your heart out in prayer before God and say, search my heart. I want my heart to be clean before you. I don't want there to be a wicked way in my life. Because if there's pride or arrogance on any level, you resist that, God. I don't want you to resist me. So number one, pray that God would search our hearts and cleanse our lives. He, and let me just pause and say, he wants to favor you. Remember what Jesus said about Jerusalem when he was walking into Jerusalem just the, the week before he died? He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you to myself. And basically, in the context of this message, he was saying, how I long to favor you, but you wouldn't let me. You resisted me. God wants to favor us. So if we'll position ourselves at a place of prayer and begin to pray and say, God, search my heart. The second thing is this. Position yourself. Now, these are lifestyle choices. Position yourself under his hand of authority in your life. That's what Peter said. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due time. When you position yourself under the authority of God in your life, guess what? That's what that saying is. Hey, you're in charge. And when you say you're in charge, you're humbling yourself before God. Remember what Mary said? Behold the maidservant of the Lord. What was she saying? I am your slave. You are my boss. You are my Lord. You are my leader. I'll do whatever you want me to do because you're in charge. Amen. That's what Jesus did. If you went to Philippians chapter 2, and maybe we should have gone there and read that, what does it say about Jesus? He humbled himself, he humbled himself and became what? Obedient unto death. What did he do? He yielded himself to the governance of God in his life all over again. He prayed. Hey, we all pray for God to search our heart. And, and we, we all should position ourselves under the authority of God Almighty. What does James say? James said this in James chapter 4, verse 10. He said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. In other words, you get in his presence. You get under his hand of authority in your life. You yield yourself to him, and he'll lift you up. He'll, he'll, he'll favor you. You see, God wants to favor us, but most of the time we're out of position. Are you with me? we got to get in our, our proper position, and that's yielded to the governance of God in our life and make that the, the lifestyle that we choose every day. In fact, Matthew chapter 6, the way we should pray, the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. What's the first thing? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life. In other words, I yield myself to the governance and the lordship of Christ in my life. If you want to develop a heart of humility, you've got to pray for God always to pray, Lord, search my heart. Number two, 
position yourself under the hand of his authority in your life and, and really yield yourself to him and his word and his will, just as Mary did when she said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. And number three, place others as more important than yourself. If you really want to be humble and have a humble heart and, 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 and find yourself at a place where God can favor you on a whole new level, you've got to follow the footsteps of Jesus. You've got to follow the footsteps of his mother Mary. And listen, when Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word, you know what she was doing? She placed the whole world as more important than her. Her future marriage that she was, you know, she already had the invitations printed up. She already ordered the wedding cake. She already, you know, had her dress on order. Come on now. She was getting excited about her upcoming wedding. And when she had an angelic interaction that that changed the whole motivation of her life when all of a sudden it was no longer about her. It was all about him. She willingly placed everything else as more important than her dreams and aspirations. And said, be it unto me according to your word. And in her mind, she had just canceled her wedding because she was now going to be the maidservant of the Lord. God knew her heart. And what does it say in Philippians? Philippians chapter 2, when it talks about the humility of Christ, he said, don't, also, don't look out for your own interests only, but look out for the interests of others. Make others as more important than yourself. You know, Mary, when she sang her song, she was... Great with child already. Because, you know, the day, here's what I, I said this last Sunday. When she said, be it unto me according to your word, my belief according to Scripture is that when the Holy, that's when the Holy Spirit came upon her. She conceived by the Holy Ghost. Because faith always gives birth. If, hey, if you want something to be conceived in your life, you've got to believe. If you want there to be a conception, there's got to be faith. And she believed God. And so when she, by the time she got to uh, Elizabeth there, she was great with child. And you know what? Uh, the favor of God was upon her life. And, 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 and Elizabeth blessed her. And you know what? She, as she began to praise and sing, and we'll look at it later, she began to sing this song. She began to talk about future generations. I really believe Mary, because you know, Mary was a God seeker, right? She was a word girl, and she was a good Jewish girl. You know what? She was looking for the master. She was looking for the Savior's coming. All devout Jews were looking for the Savior's coming. Am I right? In fact, remember when they went into the temple and they met Simeon? He starts prophesying. He said, God promised me that I wouldn't die until I, I, I saw the Savior of the world. They were all a good devout Jew, of which Simeon was, was looking for the coming of the Christ child. And so Mary just happened to be the one who found herself in a place where she's highly favored. She knew she was carrying the Christ child, and she knew it was not about her. It was about the whole world. She placed others as more important than herself. She laid down her future for you and me. Did you ever think about that? 
That day with the angel Gabriel, she was willing, she willingly laid down uh, what she thought was her future. It turned out that God favored her and she, her and Joseph did just fine. But in her mind, she was sacrificing all of that for this. She placed others as more important than herself. And then finally, you and I, if we want to develop a heart of humility, we need to proclaim the greatness of God and place him in the highest place. That's what she did there in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, when she began to praise and magnify uh, the name of the Lord and, and glorify him in her song. Look what she says in verse 46. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Listen, we can learn from Mary there. The lifestyle of a humble heart, it's a lifestyle of giving him all the credit, giving him all the praise, placing ourselves as less important than others and placing others as more important than ourselves, positioning ourselves under the governance of God for our life and always praying, God, search my heart today and see if there be any wicked way in me. You see, you and I, if we're going to be humble before God, we're going to have to develop it as a lifestyle. These four things will move you into that lifestyle Praying for God to search our hearts. We're going to do that in just a moment. Positioning ourselves under the hand of his authority. We're going to do that this morning. Placing others as more important than ourselves. How many of you know that's the whole gospel? That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And proclaiming his greatness. We're going to do that this morning as well. Let's stand together. You see, humility is not just a bodily posture of bowing low. Bowing low is the evidence of what's going on on the inside of us. And so it's noon. But let's take just a moment to ask God to search our hearts. we expect God to favor us on another level if we were breaking the law of humility if you humble yourself he'll exalt you if you exalt yourself he'll humble you father we bow our hearts before you today and lord as a congregation and lord as the pastor of this church I pray you would search my heart Let me take the lead, Lord. I want to humble myself before you and ask you to search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. And Lord, as you told us in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, I humble myself and pray and seek your face and I want to turn from my wicked way. Lord, and you'll forgive my sin. You'll forgive our sin and heal our land. Lord, search our hearts today. Could you pray that prayer this morning? You see, humility is developed, and it begins at the place of prayer where we say, God, search my heart. 
Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. And Lord, today I yield myself to the authority of God. And I, as Peter said, I want to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I yield myself to your authority. As Mary said, Lord, let us say, Lord, let us be the bond slaves of God. And Father, today the reason we're here is not for us, it's about others. Lord, let us be other-minded. Let us think of one another. Those you have placed in our life is more important than ourselves. Forgive us for selfish thinking, especially in this holiday season. Lord, let us be more desirous to be a blessing to others and truly think of others as more important than ourselves. Today we humble ourselves and we praise you and we thank you for all you've done for us. Spend a moment now just thanking him for all he's done for you. Come on, that's where a humble heart is developed is at the place of praise where you recognize all that he has done for you and you come and give him thanks. You bow in your hearts to him and maybe even on your knee and say, thank you, Lord for what you've done for me. Lord, I thank you for my family. Lord, I thank you for my wife and my kids and my grandchildren. Lord, if everything else was gone and I had those, I'd be a blessed man. Lord, thank you for the tangible blessings. But God, thank you for the grace of God and the saving grace you've afforded me. Thank you for, Lord, allowing us to be your children. We proclaim your greatness. My soul magnifies the Lord. Lord, we humble ourselves before you today. For we know when we humble ourselves, you will begin to favor us. And we need your favor today, Lord. We're not We're not going to deny the fact that without your favor, Lord, we're all among men most miserable. So we humble our hearts before you. In Jesus' name. Now before we leave today, tangible application is so important. Yes, change the way we pray yield ourselves to the authority of God, position ourselves. But number three, listen, tangible way today, begin to, with your actions, place others as more important than yourself. God will begin to favor you. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being patient with the old preacher. I love you. I believe this is a season of the favor of God upon our life. He wants to help us. He wants to favor us. He wants to favor your family. Let me share this one thing with you. I'm a little ahead of it, but I can't wait. I just got to tell you. As we move into the new year, I'm excited about the new year. God laid on my heart the prodigals. 
people who are away from God. In January, we're going to begin to focus on the prodigals in our heart at the place of prayer. How many of you have some prodigals in your family that you're praying for? You know, when the prodigal came home, you know what the daddy did? He put out a party, put a ring on their finger. Let me just make this bold declaration. We'll talk about it later. I believe there'll come a day when many of you, your prodigals come home. We can actually stand here in this altar and put a ring on their finger and say, welcome home. I'm excited about the future. The future is bright. And as Beverly said, and the ladies will talk about tonight, as we're talking about all December long, have yourselves a very merry, M-A-R-Y, Christmas. Amen. God bless you today. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. If you're a first-time guest with us, come see us again Wednesday night. We're going to be right back here worshiping the Lord. And, oh, I heard Josh did great in his message on the work of God. Thank you, Josh, for standing in the gap. How many of you are here to hear Josh? Man, uh, what a great blessing. So, Josh, thank you so much. I want you to do this. If others are more important than yourself, there may be somebody before you leave you need to speak to and just bless them and with the blessing of God. So before you go, make others more important than yourself. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock. God bless.